This is Invisible Westchester, the podcast. I'm Shannon Powell. I'm Bruce Campbell. So we're in Albany. There is a New York State convening with Indivisible groups. There are probably about 100 people from across the state here. Bruce, what are your main takeaways from today? Um, Well, it was a really good opportunity to meet people from across the state, uh, see the kinds of, it's interesting to see the kinds of uh, challenges that that they face in organizing. (laughs) Thank you. That's that's Kelly from our our fabulous group, uh, the fabulous group NYCD16, wishing Bruce a happy birthday. (laughs) We should just pivot and just say that it, it was Bruce's birthday. Uh, yesterday, so happy birthday, Bruce. All right, so we're here at the New York convening, talking with other indivisible groups about elections, 2020, organized. Bruce, what has been your main takeaway? Um, um, this is really a good opportunity here. It um, brings people together from all across the state, and it's interesting to see that the kinds of challenges that they face are the same ones that we face, and know that we, we face the same problems. and and the same kinds of successes as well. Um, We heard a lot about uh, how to recruit uh, volunteers and members. Um, We found out a little bit about uh, what sort of strategies Indivisible is going to be pursuing over the next uh, year or so as we move into 2020. And what were some of those? Just recap. Um, Well, we're talking about uh, focusing on the United States Senate as one of the main things that we want to that we want to try and flip and take back. And we talked about which states are vulnerable and how we can reach out to some of those places um, to help them. Um, What some of the the flip states are going to be next year uh, in terms of trying to get to 270 electoral votes for a president for a presidential candidate. Um, There are a number of different paths. It was interesting to kind of plot out the path, um, the different paths to victory, potentially, especially considering which states, uh, you know, have changed, uh, have changed in their dynamic. Like, for example, Arizona is, you know, one of those states that's leaning Republican, not fully Republican. Yeah, and some other states like Georgia and maybe even Texas are potential states. Um, we have Kelly Kerr from NYCD16 Indivisible. Kelly, we're doing, we're, we're, we're sitting here, <laughs> we're, we're, we are talking about the convening and we're talking about some takeaways for our podcast of today. So I'm, no, 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 now you have to come here because I'm gonna ask you, (laughs) no running away, because my my goal today is to talk to people from different indivisible groups throughout Westchester. What do you see as the biggest challenge coming up for this next year? Oh my gosh, for this next year or the next year and a half? Next year and a half. Uh, I see Maine, Wisconsin, Michigan, and that they're registering more Republicans in Florida and Pennsylvania than they're registering Democrats. I see those as big challenges. Have you been surprised by any of the the input that the indivisible groups have, uh, some of the things that they've said that they're worried about in terms of organizing and working together? Is there anything that's taking you by surprise today? No, I think what's taking me by surprise is that various groups had not already organized with other groups that are close to them. That's surprising yeah. to me, much like what we've done with Westchester and city groups, mm-hmm. that we've already you know, established those relationships, which are very important. One group cannot do it all yeah. in, in any arena. That is so true. That's why we've worked really hard to be a part of these different 
coalition of groups within our area. And, and sharing. that's why we love you guys, because y'all are great. Yeah, sharing, <laughs> sharing tactics, sharing logistics, sharing ways that we can uh, go about getting people to the polls, which is what it's all about. So that's, um, that's really what this has been about. I think the van thing is, is if people don't know about the van, um, it's an exciting tool that we can use to help organize and to help drive people to the polls. I think it's interesting that, not interesting, but I guess not surprisingly, a lot of groups, they're worried about 2020 and that we might not get rid of Trump. Yeah, I think people are worried about that and that's probably a good thing. It means nobody's gonna be complacent. We're gonna have to work hard um, and we will have to work hard. There's no question about it. Um, but we can do it. We have to believe that there are more people who are sane in this country than there are n insane, and that we can, as my favorite bumper sticker says, make America not embarrassed again. I like that. I'm with Mary Kate from NYCD 16 Indivisible. Mary Kate. Hi. Hey, so what's been your takeaway from today? What has struck you as being interesting? Um, for me, the best part of it has been meeting with other groups. I think it's fantastic to get the group leaders together. Um, there's a lot of groups that we have never really had contact with. And I think that it's super important for us to create a kind of an indivisible community. And let's make that statewide, you know, forge these networks and connections so that we can help each other out. Is there any overriding theme that has presented itself today? Mm, I don't think, well, not yet. I mean, it is kind of early. We're just right in the middle of it. But I think it's learning, learning. You know, like we've, we've come pretty far. We've done really well, but you know, we can't stop here. We have to keep going. One of the questions that everybody had to answer was, what are they most concerned about? What are you most concerned about? <laughs> <laughs> this is a trick question. <laughs> You're not concerned about anything. <laughs> I'm concerned about election security. I, I don't think that our elections are safe, and I think that we haven't done enough about it. I think we're still in a little bit of denial about how deeply flawed our electoral system is. Um, I don't think the Democratic Party is doing enough. I know for a fact the government isn't doing enough, and I think that we can work our fingers to the bone. We can work 24-7, you know, every day of the year, but if the elections are not safe, it could all be for nothing. So how is this going to translate into an ask for your group? Um, I know that we've started looking at some laws just in New York that can help, you know, improve our electoral security. Um, there's a few that are in the assembly that are looking for sponsors in the Senate. These are things that we're going to be looking at more and pushing more on the electoral side of things. So really looking at what we can do here statewide in New York and not wait for the federal government to save us. Exactly. I mean, that was our strategy in the, the midterms. We know now that we can't count on D.C. to save us. We have to do it ourselves. I think if we can, you know, really kind of set the bar here in New York, that could spread across the country. There's a lot to look at. Um, the voting machines are flawed. They're dangerous. We should not have machines that can be hacked available for purchase in New York. And they are. So that's another area like, you know, the more that we talk about this and expose it, we can bring it to the attention of other activist groups around the country. And we can make a difference. Let's hope so. So we're joined on the phone by Jarrett Berg, who is the co-founder of Vote Early New York. Jarrett, thank you so much for joining us today. 
thrilled to be here. Thanks for your interest in early voting. So what, the one thing I want to point out is that New York, people think of as being a really progressive state. But actually, up until this past year, we had really antiquated voting laws. And there was no early voting at all. Start by explaining to me exactly what early voting is. Sure. So uh, I guess just just to, to start off, uh, this is a new reform coming to New York, uh, but it is no means uh, by no means a new reform uh, for the U.S. Uh, new York, I believe, is the 38th jurisdiction to adopt this reform. Texas has been early voting since the 80s. Uh, so this is a reform that uh, just improves convenience across uh, across party lines uh, and also reduces systemic stress placed on the administrative side of uh, the voting process. Uh, so what we're talking about here, just in its purest form, is that uh, instead of telling millions of people that there's one day to vote, one opportunity that's your first, last, and only chance to exercise your civil rights and participate in our democracy, that we're going to create a reasonable election period of several days, including some weekends and some evening hours, uh, that better meets the needs uh, of modern, busy, working people uh, so that uh, there's not uh, these logistical barriers to access uh, that we've seen in the past, uh, particularly in New York. Um, so uh, the legislature did adopt uh, the first wave of modernization, voting modernization in living memory. Uh, it was actually the first legislation uh, that the new state Senate uh, uh, passed um, in January, uh, along with the Assembly, uh, that really speaks to the commitment of the new majority uh, in Albany to prioritize uh, democracy reform, uh, which is an area that New York had just not taken up in so long uh, that our laws really fell behind the rest of the country. That was one of the things I was going to say, is that this really makes voting more democratic overall. Um, that's right. And of course, you know, as you move down the economic ladder, uh, and, and people with various circumstances, multiple jobs, busy with school, child and elder care obligations. Uh, what we're talking about is basic access. And so uh, flexibility in your ability to appear at a specific place on a specific day that happens to be a Tuesday, uh, that was the system, and we're moving away from that. If that policy ever made sense to tell millions of people to do that, it certainly doesn't make sense uh, in the modern world. So November 2019 will be the first time that we will have, actually starting in October, because early voting starts a little bit before the November 5th election, but this will be the first time where we have early voting in New York. How do you anticipate this will change the election? Um, that's right. So the first day of early voting is October 26th. It's a Saturday, uh, and the new law uh, basically puts in a structure where uh, for every general election and for primaries and special elections going forward, uh, there will be two weekends of early voting and then the full week, week in between uh, those two weekends. So it begins the second Saturday before Election Day, uh, and it ends the Sunday before Election Day Tuesday. So for folks who are used to voting on Election Day, that does not change. You are still welcome to vote on Election Day at your assigned site. Uh, but what this does is... Um, add nine additional days over two weekends uh, to your options of when you can vote. Uh, so Westchester in particular has set up 16 uh, early vote sites 
Um, they will be assigned to start, so a Westchester resident actually can't vote at any of the 16, uh, but uh, they can participate during that time frame uh, with, with four days of weekend voting, some evening hours during the week, uh, at least uh, uh, two nights will be open until 8 p.m., uh, so that's really exciting. It gives people a lot more opportunity to exercise their rights, uh, and people don't have to choose between competing obligations and uh, voting uh, in our democracy. So we're all really excited about that. Um, but it will take some retraining, not only just of elected officials and the administrators, but the public, right? People are sort of uh, used to tuning into an election at the last minute uh, if they're not politically engaged. And then the whole make a plan to vote thing, where do you vote, when are you going to vote? We can be thinking about that far sooner in the process, like in early October, uh, to make sure that people uh, have that opportunity uh, and don't wait until the final opportunity. Jared, you talked a little bit about Westchester. What do counties like Westchester have to do to get ready to implement early voting? So this is a big, uh, it's a big change coming to New York. Um, one thing that I mentioned already is breaking some old habits, uh, but that is sort of only one piece. The technological leap is another piece, uh, and the counties are implementing uh, several of, of the first round of those changes now. So. Uh, one thing the counties are looking at is adopting electronic poll books. Uh, that was another reform uh, that authorized counties to do that this year. Uh, so counties will have the option to use tablets to check in voters instead of the, uh, the large paper books. Uh, so, um, you know, with any new technology, there's a learning curve. There's a digital divide. Uh, it requires Wi-Fi. It requires security. Uh, but we think what will come along with that are some administrative benefits. Uh, like the whole scenario where people who are perfectly eligible and registered, uh, their information is either missing from a book or can't be found, uh, and then the downstream consequences of that that can impact your ability to vote at all, uh, we think some of those will be mitigated by this technology. Uh, but that technology allows for these sites uh, to, to operate independently and to also ensure that people aren't visiting multiple sites and abusing uh, this new access. So, Jared, what do we need to be telling each other as residents and also as activists in order to get this education about early voting and what it means out there? Well, so one thing is we want people to use it, right? It's still, uh, it's, it's, it's an option, uh, but, um, you know, like going to the, the restaurant with uh, the giant menu, sometimes uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you, you make an easier choice. Uh, so the first thing is we want people to know that this program exists, know that it's a viable option. There might be um, an early voting site that's uh, a better location for you, given your commute and your commitments uh, on the weekends or during the week, uh, that could be easier to access um, than on Election Day in the middle of the week. Uh, so we want people to know about these sites. We want them to, to use them uh, and tell their friends. Um, but from a from a civic engagement and turnout standpoint, I'll just give you one example of how the whole whole system really can change. Uh, you know, when people give blood, they do the "I gave blood today," and they people wear stickers, and there's sort of a socially positive impact there because people outside of the people who have participated can see that and know that they can do that too, and there might even be some pressure there. Um, in the voting context, with a single election day, the sticker thing is useful, but it's only really useful if someone still has time between when they see the sticker 
to, and then the close of polls. So with a single election day, there are so many little things that can go wrong, like a train could get delayed, someone's kid could get sick, uh, or any other number of things. There could be a long line, missing ballots, power outage, the rain, small things that should have nothing to do with derailing or Im- impacting our democracy uh, that could have an outsized impact. When you have two weeks to, uh, to vote and run an election, um, it creates the ability for public awareness over those days uh, that can be more dynamic. So um, it doesn't just have to be you're setting up all of these structures and then it has to be perfectly executed on one day. That first day of early voting, the people who participate can get those stickers and become our messengers to really get the word out there. So it's very exciting, the potential, especially for, for activists. Jared, what resources are there for people to find out more? Do you have a website? Where should people be looking? Thanks for asking. So uh, we, we, we founded Vote Early NY uh, out of an understanding that our boards of elections um, have very finite resources, uh, a lot of obligations on their shoulders, uh, and there's really never, ever any funding that's put into the public education side uh, of these these reforms. So uh, we started Vote Early NY. You can find us at voteearlyny.org. Uh, we've mapped the entire state's early voting program. Uh, so you can uh, click where can I vote early, find your, your county. It has the days listed, the hours listed, and where you're eligible to vote early. Uh, you know, elections uh, in New York, like most of the country, um, we can pass a pro-voter law in Albany, but then that gets implemented at the county level. Uh, and so there's local variation. There's some intransigent administrators. Frankly, this was a law that uh, is not a new law in New York or elsewhere. So uh, there was a lot of resistance initially to bringing this on board. What we want to make sure now is that it's implemented in the spirit that it was enacted to create and expand access, convenience, and opportunities for all eligible voters. So Vote Early NY's mission is to bring that pro-voter legislation to the people, the citizens, the voters uh, who, who it's designed for, uh, and to make sure that we have a nonpartisan, non-government, uh, nonprofit resource uh, that's out there so that folks can empower themselves and their communities and not be reliant on administrators for some of these voting rights interpretations. Because as we've seen in the past, sometimes they take what should be a good law and interpret it in a very anti-voter way. We're not going to let that happen with this law. Jared, that sounds terrific. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thrilled to do it. Thanks so much. Okay, I'm here with Suki Van Dyke, and we are just wrapping up our second day of the convening of New York Indivisible Groups in Albany. So uh, we usually, in our podcast, we have a segment where we talk about what's up with 2020, but you actually want to make a different point, not about what's up with 2020, but what's up in 2019. Right, I absolutely do. I, you know, I'm psyched for 2020, but we have elections in our own backyard, 2019, November 5th, I think it's 5th, better check that, but um, we, we got to work on that. We've got to keep our majority on the um, board of legislators, and we've got to tell the Republicans that are near us that we want them to go. They do not represent our values, and we don't want them anywhere in Westchester County. And to Jarrett Berg's point, we need to really help educate people about early voting. Really, early voting is going to be so key, and we want to make sure that it's a success so that we get the funding for it next year as well.
All right, so now we're gonna talk about what we're excited about, give our thumbs up for the day or for the week or for the hour, second. What's your thumbs up? My thumbs up is all the great people that are here. We have just an amazing amount of committed, interesting, fabulous individuals, and it's been really fun to get to know them all. And what's our thumbs down? What are we a little bit bummed out about? Of course, I'm still worried about the 2020 election. <laughs> 2020 election is scary, and um, I think we're all scared about that. Um, I'm also hopeful that uh, Indivisible National is really hearing us, um, that uh, the top-down model um, is not what we're looking for. We're looking for um, a more collaborative model, and um, and I hope that got through. Really, the, the power in our organizing is that we are, a grass, we are a grassroots movement of people who organize in our own backyards, and we're going to do what's best for our people, and we're going to take back the power right where we can have the most impact. Absolutely. We start from, you know, the little local elections. We go all the way up, and we are going to win 2020. I know you're worried. I know I'm worried. We're all worried, but we're going to win. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. been Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. Find us online at indivisiblewestchester.org, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, but most importantly, keep resisting.